Shalom and welcome to The Jewish Mind, where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. Regardless of how many times we are taught that the mind rules over the heart, nevertheless, the true experience of human life is his realm of emotions. Feelings is what drives every action and of every not taking an action. The true and only healthy definition of the directive the mind rules over the heart is not that our power of intellect should delete our heart's power of emotion, rather that the mind should rule over and direct our feelings, keeping our feelings A, only in the realm of appropriate concepts, and B, even within appropriate realms, that they remain within sustainable and productive intensities. On an even deeper level yet, the mind rules over the heart is that the heart's feelings should be an expression of what the mind perceives. What this means is that the heart serves to bring what our higher intellect perceives into becoming our human reality. The relationship between the mind and feelings has been scientifically discovered and continues to develop. Thoughts of the mind cause physical reactions in the neuron connections of the brain. One of these physical reactions to thoughts is the creation of neuropeptides. Virtually or factual thoughts, therefore, create the same feelings. For example, thoughts of virtual danger and thoughts of factual danger will have the same physical reaction of the brain and the peptides the brain will create. The danger with this is that in the brain there is the amygdala, which is a part of our brain's limbic system, which has a job of regulating the emotion hormones in our blood. It monitors that the homeostasis of our blood level remains intact. Our body's emotional memory, thus, creates a mandatory homeostasis in our emotion hormone levels. The way this works is that, under prolonged and continuous emotional experiences, our body cells now have a norm of emotional stress, fear, or love levels, and transforms its receptors in order to be able to receive and process this norm of peptides. Any changes in the amount of peptides now produced by the brain into the bloodstream will agitate the body's cells. In response, the amygdala will drive the mind to think the thoughts that will produce the necessary peptides to bring back the homeostasis of hormone balance in the bloodstreams and through this comfort be restored within all cells of the body. The outcome of this is the antithesis, the polar opposite of our directive that the mind rules over the heart. The heart, the emotional homeostasis of our body, is now ruling over the mind, ruling its thoughts. This is what is called the addiction of feelings and is the human experience in total havoc, pain, and destructiveness. In this lecture, based on the final showdown between Jacob and his father-in-law Lavan, we are going to learn the healthy process of letting feelings simmer so that life can begin. The sages teach us, the Torah speaks of supernal, meaning spiritual beings, and hints of lower, meaning physical beings. This is why in Kabbalah and Hasidus we find sinister biblical characters such as Pharaoh and Haman defined as such subliminal holy beings. The same applies in our Torah portion with the dishonest Laban. The Hebrew word for Lavan, the biblical pronunciation for Laban, means white. In the description of the ten emanations in their color schemes, there are two types of white. White as we know it is the color of the first and highest emanation of wisdom. 
white as in transparent, is even higher than all emotions and is the color of the supernal crown. Thus, Laban in its supernal being, spiritual realm, refers to the highest revelation of the infinite light. Yaakov, the biblical pronunciation for Jacob, is made up of the first letter of God's name, Yud, and the word Akev, which means heal. This represents the soul, Yud, as it descends to the heel of God's universe, the physical realm of earth, a physical body. Let us now turn to the verse that concludes the final encounter between Jacob and Laban. And I quote, And Laban arose early in the morning and kissed his sons and daughters and blessed them. And Laban went and returned to his place, and Jacob went on his way. Thus, on a mystical level of the verse, we now have the highest revelation, the supernal white, Laban, of the infinite light, kissing the godly soul every morning as she descends into the body, Yud, Akev, Yaakov, after which A, Laban returns to his place within the essence of God, and B, the physical Jew, Yaakov, goes on his way of Torah study and mitzvot observance, for both Torah and mitzvot are called the way of God, through which God and the soul travel to unite as one within the world. And now, with all this explained, let us list the remaining mystical concepts that need to be understood for the exploration of our lecture. So, here is the list. A. Sons and daughters. B. Why the supernal white leaves. C. Spiritual service and physical service. D. Human effect and spirituality. E. The ultimate power of physical service. And let the amazement of Hasidus begin. Mystically, sons refers to influencers, givers, and daughters refer to recipients. All of creation, from the infinite light all the way down to the physical laws of nature, are all made up of influencers and recipients, sons and daughters. In the order in which all of creation takes place is called Seder Hishtal Shalut, the order of the chain process. The way this chain works is through the sons and the daughters. This is so within each individual spiritual realm itself and within how the different spiritual realms interact with each other. Within the individual realm itself, the sons and daughters work as follows. 1. The crown of the realm, which is the circular infinite encompassing dimension, becomes the sun and gives its influence into the emanation of wisdom, which in this relationship is the daughter, the recipient. 2. Within the intellects of the realm, wisdom becomes the sun and influences the daughter, the emanation of understanding. With wisdom's infinite power of creativity and connection to an out-of-the-box perception. 3. The intellects then serve as the sons to influence the emotions which are now the daughters. Recipients. 4. Within the emotions themselves, there are the small faces which means kindness, love, strictness, fear, splendor, compassion, which are the sons influencing kingship, which is expression, thought, speech, and action, the daughters. Within the interaction between the different spiritual realms, the sons and daughters work as follows. 
the tenth emanation of kingship of the higher realm becomes the son who gives to the crown of the lower world, which is the daughter in this relationship. So there you go. The entire chain of evolution is made up of sons and daughters. The key point here is that in the sons and daughters evolution, there needs to be space for the different levels, a higher and a lower, in which the higher gives only its expression and not its essence to the lower. This is the entire point of the evolution, in which the process diminishes the light so that the vessels can become thicker and stronger until we have the much diminished light, finite light, that can give life and sustenance to the egocentric creation of separation. However, every morning, they, they all, the sons and the daughters, get kissed by the infinite encompassing circular light, the supernal white. The concept of a kiss in Kabbalah and Hasidus is based on the verse in the Book of Songs from King Solomon, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. This verse is interpreted as referring to the relationship between God and the Jewish people. It speaks of a total unity and oneness. Thus, the mystical definition of a kiss is always the deepest of unity between the two in the kiss, beyond the unity of a hug. Supernal white is connecting, embracing, and uniting with all of the sons and daughters which make up all of creation every morning. The purpose of this kiss is the arousal from above which empowers all of creation to then go, as the verse continues, and Jacob, the Jewish people, went on his way of serving God through the arousal from below, in which we initiate our relationship with God through our service of Torah and mitzvot. Now, even though the daily morning kiss of the supernal above comes from above, nevertheless we below must align ourselves for the kiss. This is the purpose of the daily morning prayers, through which we align ourselves and open ourselves up to receive the supernal kiss. The question, however, is, that if the supernal white comes to this world every morning to kiss us, to empower us to do the service of creating a unity between God and us, the world, and the universe, then why does the supernal white afterwards leave? So to understand this, we go on to the next Kabbalistic concept, why the supernal white leaves. The specific desire of God that this coarse, dark, and egocentric world become his abode is not as much about what God wants in as much as it is about how God wants it to happen. The key focus of the desire is a dwelling place below made by the below. God doesn't desire a hostile takeover in which the spirituality of above imposes itself on the below. Rather, God wants that the below should smash its own ego, refine itself, and transform itself into a total transparency and oneness with God. Therefore, if after the active kiss, the supernal white would inactively remain here in the nether egocentric world, its very presence would negate the possibility of the below having an identity of separation from God, how much less so a rebellious ego towards God. However, this absence of ego would not be through the work of the below, but rather it would be through the imposition of the simple presence of the above. 
For God's desire to be fulfilled, which means for God to have pleasure in the outcome, we must be able to, at the starting point, be in a full-blown arrogance of self. From this starting point, we must then be able to step out of self in order to embrace the truism and oneness of God is everything and everything is God. What this tells us is that the purpose of creation, the fulfillment of God's desire, cannot begin as long as the presence of the supernal white is here, interfering with the coarseness of the below. However, how can the ego of self ever embrace anything beyond self to the point of total antithesis of self? This is why every morning cannot start with an arousal from below, for the below is stuck in itself. Every morning must start with a supernal kiss from above, which empowers the self to get beyond this egocentric self, after which the supernal white must leave the below, returning back within itself above. Let us now turn to the two different dimensions of And Jacob went on his way. In bringing a unity between the above and the below, if the unity is to be an absolute one, we cannot negate either of them, the above or the below. If all of the above below was to leave the below and go up to the above, or if all of the above was to leave the above and come to the below, then we wouldn't have a unity and oneness of the below and of the above, but rather there would be only one of two, either above or below. This is why in the service of and Jacob went on his way, there are two dimensions. One, the service in which the below draws down the above. And two, the service in which the below elevates the below to above. The first can be seen as a more spiritual service in which the spiritual is drawn to be here within us. And the second as a more physical service in which the physical is refined and elevated to above. Now in each of these services, we, a soul within a physical body, create an unprecedented newness. Let us move on and see how this works. Even the supernal white, as it descends to kiss the below on its own, is but the supernal white as it is the infinite light. However, the power of prayer is that it connects it not just with the will of God or with the infinite light of God, Rather, in prayers we ask of God to change His will. As we say, Yehi Ratzon, may it be that He who willed that, that we be in suffering, hereby change His will. Thus, the power of prayer is to connect us with the master of the will and with the essence source of the infinite light. Thus, through prayer, we bring an unprecedented experience into the spiritual above being drawn down, as now not only the greatest of light, the supernal white, is drawn, but the very essence of God is drawn into the universe through being drawn into the soul who is praying. However, the biggest fulfillment of God's desire is fulfilled specifically through our physical service in refining and transforming the physical. Regardless of how infinite the change of evolution between the sons and the daughters is, including all the contractions that happens in every link of this chain, nevertheless there will never be a point in which the spiritual light evolves into the physical darkness. Rather, all of the spiritual evolution is solely for creating a minute level of spiritual light, which will be able to give life and sustain the physical darkness without shattering the physical darkness.
Thus the question begs to be asked, where does the physical darkness itself come from? The answer is a teaching, a mystical teaching in Kabbalah. The yesh, yesh means something, ego. The yesh hanivra, the yesh of creation, the physical darkness, comes from the yesh ha'amiti, the ultimate and true something, essence of God. The physical cannot come from the infinite light of God, but the essence of God. Thus, in essence, all of our spiritual service connects and draws down into the world revelation of the infinite light. However, through the physical service, we reveal that the physical something darkness is in truth of all truths, united and one with the only true essence something, God. In closing, we can now fully return to our opening modern-day issue of letting our feelings simmer down in order that we can begin living. We spoke of how we corrupt and reverse the human nature of the mind rules over the heart, in which our hearts demand, demand of our minds to produce unsustainable and destructive intensity of feelings. However, what we now learned is that only when the intensity of spirituality, feelings, simmer down, can the ultimate oneness of the practical, physical, reveal itself. We now understand that only when the supernal white and its supernal kiss of light leaves can the true essence something reveal itself in the physical darkness and coldness something. Thus, as scary as it may seem and as lonely as it may feel, we must allow for our fiery warm feelings to simmer down so that we can truly live in the absolute fulfillment of ourselves, our relationships, and of our world. Friends, modernity offers growth, and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solutions. Here, at the platform of the Jewish mind, is where modernity meets Judaism.